Welcome to Brand Chats. I'm Darby, a brand strategist and content marketer, passionate about turning great businesses into irresistible brands. Each week, I focus on a different element of what makes a standout brand, chatting to industry experts and small business owners who've built a brand that they love and one that their audience loves too. Let's get into today's chat. Today, I'm chatting with the wonderful Christy Robinson, a small business coach, founder, and podcast host. Through her coaching programs and the Run Your Business Like a Boss podcast, Christy helps small business owners navigate the messy middle to create a sustainable business that they genuinely love. Today, we are talking about aligning your business strategy with your brand strategy, which I know you are going to love. So thanks for coming on to the podcast today, Christy. Thanks for having me, Darby. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. So let's start by chatting about your brand story. So tell us a bit more about why you decided to get into business coaching. Yes. Well, my journey began about 12 years ago. I, I think it's important to, st- to share the backstory because it's very relevant into the type of coaching that I do. So 12 years ago was when I set up my first business. Up until that point, I'd had 10 years of experience in the corporate world for blue chip organizations, doing the corporate thing as many of us do. And I just reached this point, I was in my early 30s and I just knew at this point that I needed more, that I wasn't going to get what I needed from my corporate job. So I handed in my resignation. I was working for a top tier investment banking firm at the time. So I handed in my resignation on a joyful step of setting up my own business. And so I set up a Providor fine food store in Sydney uh, called Wild Basket. And it was basically selling beautiful Australian artisan products. So think cheese, and wine and beautiful bread and pasta and all the amazing things. And our vision for that business was to bring the country to the city. And so we had spent a good part of the decade prior traveling all over the world. And if you go anywhere in France, you're going to find a deli that's selling French products. If you go to Italy, you're going to find a deli selling Italian products. But you go to a deli in Sydney and or Melbourne or any other international, any other big city in Australia, and they were selling European products. At that time, no one was showcasing Australian products. So we really wanted to bring the the country, as I said, to the city. And in hindsight, we were probably before our time. It was before the big foodie movement, and it was it was a big it was a big venture in the sense that we. I just had the branding done and I we found a, a place to lease and I had got all of that underway and then I found out I was pregnant with my first child. Yes. <laughs> it was it was it was it was such a joy but it was a shock because we've been trying for a long time to that point and and I didn't know whether that was going to be our journey. And then of of course I got busy with the business and you know that's that's uh, that's how that's how it goes I think for a lot of people. And so we had a decision to make at that point do we keep going with the business or do we just you know have the baby and then you know have the business later and we made the decision to press ahead that we'd already invested so much time and money and energy into getting the business up and running so meanwhile i'm pregnant setting up this business it was it was massive 
Then we had the baby, had the business going, and over time, my biggest challenge was the the balance between working in the business and working on the business. Every time I stepped away from the business, revenue dipped. And so I really struggled with that. I really struggled with trying to juggle all the things. And honestly, Darby, I needed me then. I needed someone like me to come in and help me to see the forest from the trees and help me to pinpoint where I needed to focus my attention in order to keep growing the business in the time capacity that I had. And, but back in those days, you know, there was no, there was no, there was no Instagram. Well, I think Instagram was in its infancy. I would take photos on Instagram and, uh, you know, use their filters and then post them to Facebook. (laughs) There were no Facebook groups. You know, it's just, it was totally different. There was like Facebook groups hadn't even been invented by this point. So there was no community for women in business and very few women in business. In fact, everyone who was doing what I did were men. And so I really struggled to, I had no support around me. And then I would lay awake at night, two o'clock in the morning, I'd wake up just looking at the ceiling, trying to find solutions to my problems. And I just couldn't because I was so knee deep in the thick of my business that I just couldn't have that clarity. So over time, I realized that that I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't juggle motherhood and the business in its current form. And then we got to that point where we really wanted to have another child. And I knew that I couldn't bring another human into this life into this world that we were living in where I was working essentially seven days a week and and barely had time for the child that I already had. And so I made the heartbreaking decision to sell the business and it wasn't an easy decision. And honestly, it was something that I struggled with for many years afterwards. I had a huge amount of regret and shame wrapped up in that decision thinking, well, I should have been able to make that work. Why didn't I make that work? Where did I go wrong? And just putting all this pressure on myself. So I spent the next five or so years in between my two businesses, working for an organization, worked my way up in the sales, um, in the sales division of, from a consultant all the way up to state level leadership. Um, in 2017, I made this decision to uh, start my coaching business because I had been working on my coaching skills as a leader. So I realized that there was this gap in helping my, my team to get really good results in a sense that I was training them and I was supporting them and I was empowering them, but they really needed this coaching space. So I'd spent many, many, probably a good couple of years just becoming completely obsessed with coaching and learning how to coach and and learning how to be the best possible leadership coach that I could be for my team. I hired a business coach myself and then had that opportunity to be coach, which is honestly probably one of the most powerful things you can do if you want to be a coach is to be coached because then you, you can see what that it's that experiential learning as such. So uh, in 2017, I wrote in my journal, the business that I have today, I wrote it all out and visualized it. I knew that I wanted to help business owners like me, you know, now that I had these coaching skills. And so I was then offered a state level position at that point. So I thought I'm going to put that on ice and I'm going to focus on this, this other position, did that position. And then we made the move from Sydney to Brisbane. And it was at that point that I knew it's now or never. And so, although I had a job lined up, I did that for a couple of months and then I decided to leave that and then go all in on the business. And so 
the business took a little bit of a, it didn't, I didn't launch it in the way that I wanted to, in the sense that I think that, you know, you can probably relate to this. I suddenly was awash with imposter syndrome. And so I did more done for you sales and marketing work. And then I realized that that's not how I could create the impact that I wanted to. So I removed all of those elements from my business and went all in on the business coaching. So yeah, that's my story. Wow. That's a big story and lots of changes and, and going with the flow and knowing what's right for you and your family at the time. And now you've landed in a place where you're killing it and you're doing what you love and going with your heart, which is amazing because I know a lot of people I talk to, the imposter syndrome is huge and you're like, what am I doing? And then, but you realize that you're giving back and supporting people who, you know, have been in your position where you're just overwhelmed by the whole business strategy side of things, right? Absolutely. And I think that when you're in it, when you're in the story, it's so hard to have clarity. It's so Mm. hard to know where to look. And that's where having a coach is so powerful is because it's not, it's not the coach's job to tell you what to do. It's our job to help you to know where to look and to ask you the questions to help you find the answer. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me more about the kind of women that you help now. And I know you talk a lot about being in the messy middle and what that really means. Do you want to tell me a bit more about that for those who are listening? So the messy middle, first of all, is that stage of business when you're coming out of startup stage and things are looking hectic and messy and you've got growth, but you don't have systems or your business model really down pat. And so it's this toggle between growth and uh, and being able to basically manage that capacity. So it's a really tricky stage of business because on paper, it sounds amazing, right? You've got really good income. You've got great clients that you're working with. But behind the scenes, what you often see is business owners completely stressed out, very little time for themselves and unable to really maintain that level of service that they have always been able to do up until that point because the growth is, is, is larger than what their capacity is at this point. Mm. Yes, I can definitely relate to that. And a lot of the conversations that I've had with women in business as well, because yeah, you get to that point where you're just so overwhelmed and you end up doing these tiny little tasks that you feel like you could outsource and all of these different kind of hurdles that you hit when you get to that messy phase of business, which everyone faces. <laughs> Absolutely. And the thing is, is that what worked for you in the, be- in, the be- in the beginning where you were almost following your nose and being very intuitive with your business, it just doesn't work in this stage of business. You have to be much more strategic and you have to have support in place, whether that's a team, mem- team members or whether that's tech solutions, a business model that's going to support your client base. All of those things have to be put in place but then where do you find the time to do it? How do you, mm. where do you even begin? I think is where a lot of people really struggle. Yeah. So let's talk about before that messy middle stage in the first few years. Do you, what are your thoughts on DIYing your business strategy in those years? Do you think that's important in the experimental and learning phase? Or do you think people should maybe try and get this support when they first start rather than waiting till they actually enter the messy middle? Yeah. I mean, look, every business is different. So I would never say that this is the right way or the wrong way to do something. And every business owner has a different set of skill set coming into their business, right? So it depends on 
what skills you have in in your career ahead of starting your business. If you have no business skills, then of course you're going to need to invest in that early on. But if you've come up through a corporate environment and you've got a level of business skills that you can tap into, and that's what I call transferable skills that will carry you through those first few years, then you probably don't necessarily need to have everything sorted from the get-go. The other thing that I believe is, is that, um, and it's a little bit like what you were saying before, is is that it's a bit of an experimental stage. You don't really know who your ideal client is. There's a level of educated guessing that happens in that first, you know, 12 months to three years where you think that this is what you really want to do. You you think that these are the types of services that you want to offer because it's the skills that you have. You think that this is the type of client that you want to work with because it's, you know, what you believe to be true. But it's only once you get in and you start doing the things that you realise no, I don't like that aspect or yes, I love all of these things or I love working with this type of client because I can help them get the best possible transformation. So trying to hold yourself rigidly to a business strategy that you're doing based on hypothesis, maybe not isn't, I don't know. I don't know that that's necessarily the the right way, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. And it's like what you were saying before where, you know, you started doing sales and marketing because you, it's, you're good at it, you know how to do it, but then it doesn't, doesn't feel aligned at the end of the day. So, and a lot of people go through that. They're like, I can do this, I can do this, I can do everything, but that might not be the best strategy at the end of the day. And it does take, I think it takes a few years or whatever that period is for the, that specific person, but it takes a while to really figure it out and find your flow and, and what your zone of genius really is. So um, I guess with brand strategy and business strategy, what do you think, is the best way that they align? Do you think business owners should knuckle down on their business strategy before they look at their brand strategy or vice versa? Do you have any thoughts on that? It's interesting because I run a group coaching program and this is something that came up in our call just this morning is that Um. (laughs) is one of the, one of, one of the, one of the um, business owners that's in that program is a website developer. And a lot of the work we've been doing, it crosses over with brand strategy, I think. So I think at the end of the day, it's about having a really good understanding of where you want to take your business, who you're serving, what is the transformation that you're looking to create, whether that ends up coming through a brand strategy or whether that comes through a business coach. I think we're both looking to achieve essentially the same thing. Mm. Yeah, interesting. I think from my perspective, I think the business strategy, like we were saying before, it should kind of that should kind of flow through to the branding because I think you have to get clear on exactly what you're doing and what kind of services you want to offer, how you want to structure yourself and then how you want to show that off to the world through your brand strategy. But essentially, I think there are a lot of crossovers. Like I know what you do with, you know, helping define people's what their vision is and their mission and their values and everything like that comes through the branding as well. So I think it's very in line with each other. Yeah. So a lot of the work that I do is what I call the business bedrock, which is, as you said, the vision, mission and values. But we're also looking at the whole business model. We're looking at who you're serving, what are the offers, how do you deliver on those services, the client journey and things like that. So I think that that's where the earlier piece around the vision mission of values and, uh, you know, what your positioning is in the market, what your unique value proposition, that's where there's a lot of crossover. But in terms of the business model, that all comes from that foundational piece. And when you understand, and this is where the vision is so important, is that if you don't 
really understand what the ultimate vision of the business is. Where do you want your business to be 10 to 15 years from now? Then you don't really know what you know, what the offers look like, how you're going to position yourself, how are you going to build your business to get to that point? You're just almost, you know, following that that flow that we were talking about before. You're just going with what happens next, okay? And then that's when you wake up and you have a business that you don't love because mm. you haven't intentionally put uh, structures in place, uh, an offer in place that really supports where you want your business to be ultimately. Yes, I totally agree. I think it all comes back to the vision and and you can change your services and offerings to kind of suit that vision as as time goes on, but everything should kind of stay in line with your goal and why you do what you do, right? Does that come up a lot in with what you do with people trying to change their services, but it all really comes back to the values and the vision? Yeah. So the thing is, is that you might have a, a vision for, let's say you have a vision for a global enterprise, when you're starting, even when you're at year three, you're not going to have that really. Most people aren't. So it's almost that phased process of how do you actually get to this point? What do you need to do at what stage in your business to get to that quote unquote global enterprise? Or on the flip side, you might want to have a business where it's flexible and you 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 know, you really just want to be working with a select group of people that's easy to manage. And that idea of a global enterprise is the complete opposite of what you're looking to do. And so knowing what you want out of your business is so important because you're going to make informed decisions about what those offers look like attached to what that vision ultimately is going to be. So, you know, it might not look like that today, but you want to be making those decisions today that's going to lead you there in the future. Yes, and I've I've had conversations with people about this too in terms of even like we were talking about systems before, setting your systems up now for what, what that vision looks like because otherwise you'll just be having to change every year, every year to kind of get yourself to a position where you don't know where you move to next. So I think that's super important. Yeah, and the systems and, and processes I really think is also integral in terms of your service delivery. Well, if you've designed what your client journey looks like, then you need to know how you're actually going to deliver on that. And you writing every email from scratch is not the best way to deliver on that service. So really designing that from a place of, well, this is what I know I want my clients, what, what, what I want this to look like for my clients. And then this is how I'm going to power that up with my service delivery and systems and processes. But definitely to your point, if you don't think about that from a growth perspective, then you're always going to feel in this space of reactiveness. It's like you're just trying to play catch up to the clients that you do have and you're never really going to feel in control of the growth of your business. Yes, and that's, I guess, when people come to you and they feel stuck and they're just churning it out and they're ready to take it to that next level. Yeah. So above everything we've already talked about, how how do you support your clients in that process of creating a plan so that their business is a sustainable one and one that kind of brings them joy. Yeah. So a bit like what we were saying before, we always start with the vision, mission and values. And there is this resetting process that happens in the messy middle. Again, linking back to what we said at the beginning of the episode, that as you as you get started, there is this following your nose process. Then you can take the lessons learned in that first one to three years or whatever your timeline looks like 
to say, okay, well, this is what I want my business to look like. So you have to start with your vision, mission, and values. And if you don't, then you're just building for the next 12 months ultimately. So we start there. And then once we understand where we want the business to go, we then start to look at, well, how are we going to get there? What does that look like? So I like to look, I like to look at it as like your vision is your 10 15 year range goal essentially your you then want to break that down into an annual goal and then break that further down into a quarterly goal and everything should essentially well essentially the quarterly goal is re- reverse engineered from your annual goal and your annual goal is reverse engineered from your your vision and so we need to think about well okay what are the aspects of our business model that need to be um, you know, put into place in order to support that big vision. And for every business owner, that looks completely different because as you can imagine, everyone comes to me with different uh, things already in place. Someone who's really tech focused might have a whole bunch of systems in place, but they're really struggling with, you know, attracting the right ideal client or their offers don't feel aligned. So it really just depends on what, where the business owner is at in comparison to their vision and, and what is the most important or pressing issue that needs to be addressed first. Yes, and I'm sure, you know, everyone has a, such a unique way of building their business and it's just a matter of you kind of being able to help them fill the gaps. <laughs> Yeah, and facilitate the right conversations. And I think that comes back to what I really needed myself all those years ago. I needed someone to help me to just wade through the mess that you feel in your brain when you're running a business. Like you, you're just trying to, you know, I've got to, I've got to manage my budgets. I've got to train people. I've got to order stock. This was my case. Order stock. I had to, you know, navigate, you know, a rent increase and all the different things that was going on or a break, break and enter, you know, and then, and then I have to think about my business strategy, but there's nothing. It's always, that's always what's left over because it's the last bit of energy Whereas when you've got someone like either yourself or me that comes in, we can help to guide you into where to look so that you're not trying to start from scratch with all of those things that's going on inside, you know, inside your operating system. Yeah. And it can be so lonely when you're just figuring all these things out for yourself if you're on a team of one, but, um, (laughs) you know, there, there are more resources out there now compared to when you started business, for example, but being able to have that support from someone who can really guide you and just give you a, a hand because there's so many different ways you can go as a business owner. You're like, oh, I need this, I need this, I need this. But actually sitting down with someone and being um, given a direction that can help you reach your goals. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I think to that point, uh, Darby, is that when you're like, when you're as business owners in 2022, we're consuming so much content. There is like, there is no shortage of advice or tips or support. And a lot of it is tactical and it's not strategic. Mm -hmm. And the problem with consuming so much tactical information is it's easy to action those little tactical tips, but does that actually feed into the overall business strategy? And does that get you to where you want to be? And this is where that whole notion around bright, shiny object comes in is because you're just going, oh, I should do that. Or I should do that. Or, oh yeah, they're saying I should do that in order to grow my Instagram or whatever that might look like. Uh, And when you don't have a business strategy, you end up with what I call a little bit of a Frankenstein of a business where it's like a little bit Mm -hmm. here and a little bit there, and it's all sort of pieced together, but it's not moving in the direction that you actually want your business to go. Yes. That's such a great point that there is so much content out there. And every time jump on Instagram, there's so many tips and, and it's great that it's all there, but it can be so overwhelming just to hearing all these little tips and tricks, but not actually having 
a proper strategy to help you get from A to B. It's just tips that could work for certain people. It might not work for other people and it, it can be overwhelming. So that's where one-on-one support and having actually human connection and someone who's been in that, in that space to be able to guide you is really important. Absolutely. And I believe fundamentally this is the whole philosophy of coaching and this is where I think that not there's not all not all coaches believe this but this is this is what I believe to be true is that you Darby are the expert of your business I Christy am the expert of my business and as a business coach our job is to help you to tap back into your expertise and to help you to uncover the answers and to guide you on where to look and yes we have best practices on strategy and how to pull that together but ultimately the IP that goes into that strategy And the decisions that you make rests with the business owner. Mm, Yes, I love that perspective. So let's talk about coaching and your brand because I know coaching is a competitive space um, and you kind of moved from being in sales and marketing and now you're in coaching. So how did you go about making that change? Because I know being a consultant and as a service provider, it is scary putting yourself out there and building your own brand. So when you first launched your business, how did you go about defining what you wanted your brand to be and what you wanted to be known for and how's it kind of evolved over time? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. I think when you're, when you are a personal brand, it is easier because you are the brand and they are my personal values that sit underneath the brand. But I'm not going to lie. When I made the decision to go from a a company name to a personal brand or to my name, I was like, oh my gosh, it felt so scary and it felt so massive and it felt so vulnerable. It's like, Mm -hmm. who do you think you are, Christy Robinson, to be Christy (laughs) Robinson? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And looking back on it now, I'm, I'm, I say to myself, gosh, Christy, get a grip. It really isn't that big a deal. But <laughs> it was. It was a really big deal because you can, when you're sitting behind a business name, it's, it's, it's like it's, it's, you've got these offers that are out there, but, you know, it's not you. You're not owning your expertise. So that was the first thing for me was making the decision to go into a personal brand. And then the second piece of that was really letting go of the, what everybody else was doing, I think, it, and I think that anyone can relate to this as a service-based business owner, it feels safe to do what others do because clearly if others are doing it, then, you know, it must, there must be a demand. And I didn't feel like I was sitting in, whilst, yes, I can do the sales and marketing, it wasn't my passion. Building businesses and business strategy is my passion, right? That coupled with coaching, that's what I really wanted to do. And then I had this whole decade-long career in business support. And so why I wasn't accessing that is, I don't know. And then I went for a walk with a friend of mine and she said, I said, I just don't know how to incorporate these things into my coaching business. And she said, you've just got to speak on it. These are your zone of genius. This is your expertise. And it was just not the done thing back then. I know there's a lot of talk around systems and processes now, but back then no one was talking about it. And this was only two years ago. And it felt like, oh, you know, you're going from this really comfortable space that everybody else was in to really owning my expertise. So I think that for anyone who has their brand and if you're not really sitting in your own expertise, that's a question for yourself is to ask yourself why. And if it's because nobody else is, then that's not a good enough reason not to be doing it. In fact, it's probably the best reason to be doing it because that's what's going to ultimately set you apart from everybody else. And people needed this. People needed the skills that I had, but I just didn't really know it in the beginning. Yeah. Amazing. I think 
as you said, coaching is a competitive space and consulting and, and whatnot. But at the end of the day, it's your unique skills that set you apart. And it's just owning it because it, it as you say, it can be scary, but it's just owning what you're good at, your zone of genius and being able to yeah, pride yourself on the fact that you're helping people, you know, create a better life and a better business for themselves. And I think that that's the ultimate thing is that's my purpose is my purpose. This is where I think a lot of people go wrong with their why is they attach their why to themselves. So my why is, is that I, you know, want to be able to work, you know, school hours and be able to be a mom and things like that. That, that's how I do my business. That is important to me, absolutely. But that's how I do my business. That's how I structure my business. That's all wrapped up in my business model. My why is about my clients. My why is about helping that Christy 12 years ago equivalent, right? Mm. That is my why. I want to be able to be there and be a partner for somebody who's having a hard time. And that's what's so imperative as a business owner and, if, and as a brand is to understand what the the, the why or the purpose is attached to the client and not to yourself because that can be dealt with in your business model. Yeah. And I think it takes a bit of time for people to reflect on that and really understand how important it is because people get carried up in all the things being like, Oh, I can do this. I'm good at this, but actually taking it back, like we said before to the purpose and being clear on that and staying true to that. So now something I ask all of my guests is what are your favorite brands at the moment, classic favorites or any up and coming brands that you think are killing it? Yeah. So I've got one brand that I, I'm pretty sure nobody has heard of. Uh, they're a startup out of New York. They're called Novos, an anti-aging, sup- uh, an anti-aging supplement brand. So okay. my husband is really big on anti-aging. So where I'm 43, he's 46. And so we're at this age where, you know, this is starting to become important to us is to have a nice, long, healthy life. And so Novos is a startup brand. And often like a lot of these uh, supplements come out of very traditional companies and vitamin companies whereas they're really geared totally towards uh, just just towards anti-aging and not only prolonging life but helping you to have a long healthy life so that the life's the 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 years that you have in your life the years that you can enjoy and not you know just just be alive so to speak Mm. so they have a really beautiful aesthetic it's evolved a lot in the last couple of years and it's it's really modern they've got a really cool business model in that it's a subscription base so Mm -hmm. you you know get your supplements and then they just rock up on your door every quarter I think it is that's what happens to us yeah and uh yeah really innovative and really ahead of the curb I think uh and they're not yet mainstream in terms of you know anti-aging is still a relatively you know, uh, young industry, but Novos is doing a really great job. So it's probably my favorite brand right now. Oh, wow. That sounds cool. I'll have to check them out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so do you want to tell me more about what's coming up for you in your business and where people can find you? So I had tra- one of the changes that I had made in my business is that I had been doing one-to-one coaching for uh, pretty much the whole time that I had been coaching. And this year I have opened up a small group coaching program called the Run Your Business Like a Boss Academy. So that's been the biggest change to my business. So I'm a big believer in the one thing uh, that uh, Gary Keller, I think is the author of the book, The One Thing, if if you haven't read it, definitely encourage it. And the whole concept around that is to be known for the one thing. So I really spent a long time in my business focusing on my signature program uh, and then taking the insights from that program and being able to put that into a group program that would actually help people to get the same and you know the same result but in a group setting 
not everybody wants to do one-to-one and not everybody wants to do groups. So I still have both offerings. So uh, the Academy is launching its second cohort at the end of July, beginning of August. And so that's been the biggest change in my business. And then another on the backside for me is a brand refresh. So my brand has been DIY'd. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I've been, I've I've got a brand refresh in the, in the works at the moment. So that's uh, coming through as well. Awesome. Lots of exciting things happening. And I, I love uh, seeing people implement group projects, be, uh, sorry, group programs, because it means that you can help more people, uh, you know, because there's only so many, t- so much time you have in the day to help people one-to-one. So group programs are always an amazing way to, to help more people. And I always love being a part of them. Yeah, it's funny how some people prefer to be part of the group and have the insights from the other participants in the group. And I think that for me, has been such a joy to watch but it's I think it's about doing the right things at the right time for your business I think if Mm. I'd gone all in on a group in the beginning I wouldn't have had my proprietary process down pat and so spending that time really nailing my proprietary process before going into group has been essential for the success of the program if that makes sense yeah of course amazing well I'll put all of the links in the show notes thanks so much Christy for coming on it was amazing to chat to you about all things business strategy and we'll stay tuned for what's next thanks Darby thanks for joining me for this episode of brand chats if you love today's chat come and join the conversation on instagram at Darby Linden leave a review and hit subscribe thanks again and I'll see you next week